welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 1% Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support. And thank you guys for showing love on every single episode. I have another guest with me today. His name is Sam Silver. Sam, if you want to introduce yourself, give a brief description about yourself, I'll give you the floor. Uh, wait, what's up? Sam, producer, DJ, artist, create dance. I'm a hip-hop going to dance Grab rappers or singers, put them on the song. They're the feature. I'm the artist. Uh, that's really it. <laughs> well, I want to ask, what got you into producing mu- music? Was there anything specific, any inspirations that you had? Well, like, when I was, like, four or five, my mom always brought me to music camps. And I would just um, love going to music camps. And my mom uh, got me a piano instructor when I was six. And I started playing piano from six to nine. And then I started playing classically and went to, like, competitions to play and won awards. I played at, like, Lincoln Center one time. That was, like, my biggest thing when I was little. And then I, I got over it when I was, like, 10 because all my friends were, like, playing football and basketball. And then, like, I was playing 2K a lot, and I got <laughs> into sports a little too much. And then I'm like, all right, weird. I'm just going to go with sports. And then when I was 13, my dad uh, bought me, like, a little mini Pioneer DJ uh, equipment. And I just started to DJ and fuck with it. And then um, my mom... Walked in on me DJing and mixing some stuff one time, and um, her friend worked at the studio called Practice Worldwide, and I went in, I showed them a couple of my mixes, and they're like, wow, it's pretty good for a 13-year-old. So I started to just go to the studio, watch all the producers work, and intern a little bit, and then I started to uh, make music there, and one time I made a song there, <laughs> and the studio is for like making uh syncing stuff like so making stuff for soundtracks and commercials and tv shows and i just left a beat on the desktop one time and they had a deal with this company called viacom who distributes music to companies and mtv trl needed a new theme song for the year so that uh, studio sent a hundred songs to viacom to send to mtv and my song got thrown on the folder by accident and they picked mine out of 100. Oh, wow. And I didn't know about that until three months later while I'm scrolling through Instagram on a sponsored ad for MTV, and I hear my track. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I call my mom. I'm like, Mom, Mom, <laughs> our track just got on MTV, da-da-da-da-da. And um, so I contact, or my mom contacts the, the head guy at the studio. It was a whole issue. I only ended up getting 25% of it. Um, and then I left and realized I could start making money by music. And then, boom, yeah. What was that moment like for you in finding out that your track was on MTV? I was just like, really? I was just like, what? why? I was just, why? I was like, that's awesome. Like, I didn't even think anything about it. I just made a beat through it on, um, on the desktop. And then I, out of nowhere, it just got picked. Wow. It's... The, the the world is a funny way of working out sometimes. 
Yeah. The it way is. the way how just things happen and you know you just scroll. The downers are upper though. Uh, the the downers are uppers though. What do you mean by that? Every time you're down, it's it teaches you a lesson. That that seems to be a a theme on a lot of the you know the successful people that we'll have on here is how the the downs or you, the turn, struggles. you turn painful into graceful. Interesting. Yeah. It, would that be in terms of suffering? Would would you say that you need to be able to suffer in order to be able to get to where you want to be? I wouldn't say you need to suffer. You just need to to go through a lot of shit and experience it. Like okay. you just I don't know. I mean, you can it's definitely suffer. I mean, suffering definitely works. I mean, getting fucking heartbroken by a girl definitely motivates the fuck out of you, <laughs> but um yeah, I would just say just, I don't know, just growing up and like learning a bunch of shit and like I don't know. I I meant in terms of suffering, as in like uh, grinding and kind of maybe oh, not seeing definitely. that. Oh, definitely. You need you need to fail a bunch of times to realize what actually works. Okay. Was there any process that you had in order to get to where you are now? I understand that the music industry can sometimes be a little saturated. Oh, it is. I mean, well, now every business is oversaturated, but the music industry. You, you know, sixty thousand songs are uploaded a day to really? Spotify. Huh. Sixty thousand. So what do you, what would you say that you do differently to separate yourself? <laughs> well, that's the only thing that makes me work so far. Or I think um, I had a meeting with this guy named Patrick Moxie, who used to be the president of Ultra Records. I had a meeting when I was fourteen with him. I was making like Kygo type tracks, like two thousand fifteen summerish vibes. I showed him all the beats I was making. He was like, "Okay, this is pretty impressive for a fourteen year old, but come back to me when you have something different." Because everyone can make that. Everyone can make that that commercial radio stuff that works. So I was like, okay, word, I'll try to make something different. But when I was growing up, I had a little mini studio in my dad's office where I used to throw parties, f DJing for all my friends, and people would come, and like we'd hang out. And I'd want to play all the dance stuff because I like electronic music more. And I'd just want to play some bass house or deep house or house. And then... Every time I tried to play it, my friends would be like, "Yo, turn on, turn on Famous Dex. Yo, put on like Rich the Kid. Like this is like 2017 or 16." And I was like, "All right, whatever." And I'm thinking in my head, so the youth and the the, the culture and the like majority of society who's who is in hip with everything um, likes that music a little more. So I was like, "Okay, how can I take people from that?" and bring them to what, and manipulate them to, to what I want them to listen to. So I was like, all right, let me turn hip-hop, or that type of, that structure of it, R&B, hip-hop, whatever it is, going into dance automatically, or a big drop like that, no matter what. And then I'm like, okay, cool, I could just be labeled as a producer if I do that, but I'm not, because I want to be like, like, Calvin Harris times DJ Khaled, right? DJ Khaled just makes hip-hop beats, and puts rappers on it, and he's just an artist slash producer. But I want to be an artist too, so I, I, I had to grab rappers and singers on the beat, and they're the future, and I'm the artist, so I could establish myself as an artist, because it is a, a, a sonic thing to me, like putting everything together. That's interesting, because would you classify Drake's last album as... Dance? Yeah. Yeah, something that... Funny story, I sat next to Black... You know who Black Coffee is? Yeah. I'm going to Ibiza during the summer. He's my idol, like my big, like my favorite inspiration. Like all my DJ sets, I love tribal house music and and Afro house stuff like that. I'm going to Ibiza. 
he sits next to me on the plane. Oh wow! I'm working on Ableton on my on, on a da um, on a song. Sorry, that wasn't English, but uh, I'm working and he sits down and he's like Ableton, and I'm like, yeah, I produce. And he's like, who's your favorite artist? I'm like, you, Black Coffee. And he says, no way. And I'm like, yeah, wait, you want to see my playlist? I show him everything, and then and then I I just start talking to him, and I'm like, this is honestly insane. I've been wanting to meet you. Like, I saw you like a while ago. Like once I saw you perform, I was like, you're the best DJ ever. Um, and I was like, can I show you my catalog and like my music? And he listened to my whole folder and he said, wow, that's actually really impressive. He gave me his number oh. and he said, start working with my son. So me and his son, I started following him. Um, and he said one song, he said, this is your hit song. Drake would love this. And he said, send me anything if, if you make anything. So he, the big, and, the, and I asked him a, sh- a shit ton of questions, but. The biggest thing that he said is that patience is a virtue and patience is a key because he said, you think you're going to blow up tomorrow or, or when you put something out or the next week. He thought he was going to blow up when he was 16, 17. He's been doing it since he was a little kid, like 11 years old or 13. And he said, it's just patience. Like, he just got a Grammy two years ago for best um, dance uh, producer. But, yeah. That's crazy. And... The thing is, is that people oftentimes want that, you know, the instant gratification, like right now, they want to be able to have it. But look at social media and what it's doing to everyone. But do, do you, would you argue that that's a counteractive statement in terms of patience? Because, yeah, you can have it right now, but are you ready for it right now? Like, are you mentally prepared? Are you, is every part of yourself. I don't think anybody's mentally prepared until it happens. You can think you are, you can think you're fine. I mean, look what happened to Justin Bieber. Look what happened to all those kid stars from Disney and what their prodigies are doing. Like, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Justin, and then so many more are, all at an extent, they got fucked up. It, when the opportunity was presented to you, do you, would you say that you were ready? In what way? I don't think that... When, when the, the bigger artists started calling and they wanted to work with you, would you say at that point in time that you were ready? Like, yeah, but I'm always I'm always going to be, like, a little hesitant and overthink because I just overthink everything, but, yeah. You say that you were ready? Yeah. Hmm. But, but, but it's not like it's not like that, you know? You just feel it. Like, right. I don't think I try to live in the now, not not in the future, not in the past, because it, it's that's just, like, a, a mental blockage. You have to live, like, right now and just go with the flow. And that's the way I try to live. I think living in the present is extremely important because when you, you know, you look towards the future, you look all, towards all those things that you want. Yeah, it's just, it's just, to, it just, it's just to help build like a structure and like a plan. You know, right? That's the only thing I think about it. So with living in the now, obviously there's things that you have to be able to be present when you're listening to music. You can't be focusing on the how it will sound after, but. How, how does it sound right now? And the details are something that are often separate the good from the great. How much are the minimal details important to you? I love, well, I, I say this term, ear candy, like, so when I'm creating a track, like, like uh, some special effects or some extra perks or like, just some extra shit in the track itself, I think is very important because it's, the little details that help 
make it like come to life sometimes. Like everyone can just have kick, snare, hi hat, basic pad, uh, plucks or keys or whatever, and it's a track. But like, re- I take a lot of time with one track. It, I love. I really like the extra stuff. I have like a shit ton of folders, like video game sounds, like from COD <laughs> or like Black Ops or or stuff like that or GTA, like stupid sounds, just to put in to like help it. Like putting in samples in the beginning helps so much because it can relate to so many different people and touch different people the way it should. Like even funny memes too. It just helps the energy right from the jump. You know. So I would say extra stuff helps a lot. What so within your creative process, do you anything that you think that you may want to add into a song, like you said, video games. Are you very, I want to say militant in whatever it is around your environment in terms of like sounds or the way this sounds, the way that sounds and being able to think, oh, maybe I could put this in a song. How would you say your creative process is just going about your everyday life? I do that all the time. Like, so there's this girl I'm fucking with right now who I really like um, and she's a singer. So and she has like a really sexy ass voice so uh <laughs> i um like i put her on two tracks she did great on the first one still did great on the second we're going to re-record it cuz she didn't like how noisy she, or nasally she sounded whatever but uh like certain things like i sampled her in the beginning i'll show you right now like i just thought like a voicemail thing like i don't know i like the voice i'm pretty fucking weird man like some like out of nowhere i'll just be like okay that's gonna work like i like i was like i'll just show you like i i told her like yo can you send this saying it's okay you're not gonna hurt me um for the intro of my ep i'll just play it a little but like Oh wow! Right. So and then listen, I have other lyrics come in. That's just that my friend saying. So he's saying I don't want to fall. So I told her it's okay. I'm not gonna hurt you because this guy's afraid that he's gonna fall for the girl that hurt again. <laughs> we get a preview. That's, that's, that's heat. I'm showing you. So that's, that's heat. Like that's just an, a little example. Like I don't know. Like out of nowhere, I'll just be like. That would sound so dope. Or, like, I'll just be going on the street and I'll just, like, voice memo people. Or I'll just try to record little bit stuff and just try to fit it into a song. It's crazy because I'm a... I don't know if you know who Rod Wave is, but I'm a... Yeah, of course. I'm a, I'm a big fan in, in Street yeah. Runner. He has, towards the end, the voicemail of, like, oh, you know, I, I just want to be able to catch up and I kind of miss you. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Those little things. Those little things help so much because it, it actually... It's like, wow, I could sort of relate because on, like... At the end of the day, like, did you guys see the new fucking um, interview with Kanye on Drink Champs? Oh, like, yeah. Yesterday? I just started watching it last night because I've been seeing so many clips everywhere about it and all the controversial shit he said. But the one thing he did say is he said that everyone's dirt. Like, everyone is dirt. Everyone's the same. So everyone's down to earth the same person. Everyone's going to have that emotional touch when you add something like... That sounds sort of familiar. I've had that sort of same experience. It's going to help amplify the song so much more. Especially if you've been heartbroken. A lot of people should be able to relate to it. And that's one of the most relatable things. Look at Taylor Swift. Yeah. (sighs) Fucking 250 mil like a tour or something. I don't even know. Like Those girl songs, man. Her fan base. (laughs) Uh, There's another question I want to be uh, asking you. Being from New York and understanding how popular the ASAP mob is, you've worked (laughs) with one of the artists, ASAP 12 Mm -hmm. On some of your last songs, Life After Sunset, New Beginnings. What is it being in a room, or what has it been being in a room with some of those creatives that are very well known 
especially from New York. That was like, I just want to say, like, first of all, Twelve is the most humble, probably one of my, one of the f- best artists I've worked with, and one of my favorites to work with because he writes he writes on the pad. He he's an old school rapper who actually knows how to really spit, and it's so cool to see him because he's so smart about how he goes about the song. Um, it was pretty cool. I mean, when I was listening to Cozy Tapes, like, one and two, I would have never thought I would have worked with one of them. Like, my manag- like my old, old management reached out to him to see if he'll jump on track, and he said, yeah, and then once we got in the studio, I showed him more beats, and he was like, damn, you're kind of cold. Let's work <laughs> more. So I was kind of really happy, and then I just started fucking with him, like, a lot more, and we just started working way more, and um, he just kind of mentored me a bit, like, had a... Um, how the music industry is a tricky place, and he told me about his past and his ups and downs, and he just taught me a lot. Is there any artist uh, specifically, maybe in the ASAP Mob or any other artist that you would want to work with right now? I work with. I saw. I was in a session with um, ASAP Ant uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Um, definitely want to work with Flacco, but <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see when he drops his new album. But. Yeah. Uh, Anyone else? In, yeah, I mean, I would love to work with all of them. I mean, the goal, I mean, my goal would honestly would try to be working with all of the people who I grew up listening to in New York and the New York rappers. Right. Like, I would love to work with Flatbush. Oh, I love Flatbush. I, I, I worked with um, AK the Savior. That was the closest thing to Beast Coast, but okay. Beast Coast is obviously no more. Yeah, I love Flatbush and Beast, Beast Coast. I think Joey Badass is somebody that I really like. Um, my friends work with Joey Badass. He really? was, yeah, they were in the studio with him last night. <sighs> oh wow! It's just I think his music is so timeless. And, and hey, bro, oh his new th- album, man. Yeah. Well, what was your thoughts on that? Beautiful. It's just, I it's it. just from it's, production standpoint. It's so it's like it's real. It's yeah. real rap. Right. It's real music. Right. It's I personally hate this hyper pop stuff and all this <laughs> shit going on right now because it's it's cool right. for TikTok and like that, but. It works, but, but do you think that that's where the the, the industry not, is going? Is the the oh let me let me get this somebody that's popping right now their viral song and let me kind of go with that in terms of how can I be able to take their audience and, and take advantage of what's going on right now to yeah um without TikTok none of that would have happened yeah I I doubt it I mean those artists I wouldn't doubt that they're not talented I mean it's crazy to think that that type of music is running the world right now. Like, all the young... Like, they're all they're, they're all going to blow up. I, like... Midwest, he's an insane artist I, I started working with and I worked with one time. Um, and SSG Kobe and, and Sofuego and, and Destroy Lonely and all those guys, they're all going to... They're already blowing up right now, but they're all going to be the new big guys in the industry. Like, they'll be Uzi level and... I think trippy red level in a couple of years is. Would you say that maybe some of your music, or not maybe some of your music, but is that where your mind may be going in terms of how can I be able to make a song for TikTok? Well, I hate like yeah no I'll just make a song and I'll be like okay that's TikTok worthy I wouldn't like go about it like all right let me make a song for TikTok because mm-hmm. I know that's a way to get big but I personally hate TikTok and social media a lot but I mean it's definitely not. 
one way about it. Like, do you know the the um, Billie Eilish guy, whatever, Armani White? Yeah. Big Tuck, whatever. Um, I hit him up right when that started to come out. I mm-hmm. thought I was going to work with him, and then he blew up, got 10 million monthly listeners. But you wonder if all these TikTok audios that blow up, that create these artists to be a new big artist, if they're going to be a one-hit wonder or going to keep going. That's what I'd like to see, because that's a real musician and an artist, to see if that they continue with that 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 boost, and it helps them to see if they can keep it and keep their fan base. How how do you think you could be able to determine what's a, what's a one-hit wonder and what's something that's going to be able to sustain oh. over time? I don't know. I would just be able to hear their voice and be like, <laughs> all right, let's see if it's a stupid song or... I don't know. Okay. Because it's a lot. A lot of the times, it's just not. It's just for fun. Right. You know, it's not like. I don't know. As somebody who, even though I'm on social media, I don't really like being on social media because it's not healthy. No, it's not. You're not in the. You're not in the now. It's absolutely you're, not. You're like, three minutes ago, fifteen minutes ago. Like, yeah, it's cool to check up on your friends and your family to see what they're doing. Like, that's the whole point of Instagram. Mm-hmm. But now it's not. It's like turned into such a hateful. All of social media is very hateful when they try to paint it out, and it's not. It's weird. Speaking of family and friends, there obviously had to be a support system growing up. Yeah. What was your support system like early on in your career that you know kind of be able that was able to help uplift and keep you sustained at that level? I don't know, man. Like I, I, I hated the high school I went to. Um, middle school was alright. I grew up with dyslexia and auditory processing, so it was always hard for me to say what I want um, and speak English sometimes, <laughs> even though I smoke weed, like, all the time, too, so that doesn't help, but um, I had, like, I had a small circle. I had, like, a little entourage, like, my friend Jason, James David, when I was in middle school. Then I had, like, I had my four other best friends, um, Alex, Harrison, and... Michael and I just I just have like a small little circle of like all right these are my real boys who will die for me or who will actually help me when I'm down and talk to me versus people who just see you in the hallway and say what's up and think you're friends right like I don't really care about that I'd rather just have my real friends my inner circle and that's all I need like I don't really care for that many people but you have to be like I'm friends with a lot of people don't get me wrong it's good to have a bunch of friends who you actually enjoy being with but you have to know your limit of who is actually there for you, you know? Interesting. So there, there had to be some type of, as you've, you know, been blowing up, as you become successful, there had to be certain switch like, oh, is this a person I could be able to trust? Because of the success, sometimes they say, you know, they, people want you for what you could do for them, not for who you actually are. Yeah. What, yeah. what has that process yeah, been like dude, for you? There's, dude, a lot of people will hit you up and, like, yo, get this beat for me. Like, yo, we're chill like that. No. Like, like if you want to work, you got to work with me. Like, it's a business. You don't, like, always get free shit because you're friendly with me. Right. It's not how it works. Like, how do you think billionaires are so rich? They're, like, so careful about their money and so cautious. Like, Kanye said on the Drinks Champ interview how he lost hundreds of millions of dollars because being a billionaire and being wealthy and 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 being successful, people want to take you down and take your money. It's a job to be successful and wealthy because you got to understand who is there and who wants to take your money. It's a job for people to take people's money. Mm. That's a, hmm. I never thought about it like that. 
what does in my terms of success i think success is a it's about your personal well-being about being happy about being fulfilled within yourself absolutely what would what would your definition of success look like that really definitely i mean everyone could be like oh you like you gotta have millions of dollars or you gotta have cars and shit or at least our generation thinks it's successful to, to be a baller or whatever like that but if you're happy with yourself and you're happy with your job your girl your family where you're at in life then you're successful absolutely hmm. and i think that i think that's a certain level of a of a mindset you know what i mean that's what a lot of people get screwed up about now because of social media because it's so different it tricks you into thinking wow my life is awful i've learned to never compare myself with any other artist because I have uh, so many friends that are blowing up right now that are like, like that are like, they were, they were C-list artists and now they're becoming almost A, B pluses. Like they're almost at mainstream and you get so mentally like locked in with, with other artists and you try to compare yourself to every other person's journey, but no one's the same. You can't compare yourself to anyone else. Was that something that you were taught early on, or is that something that you learned? I learned. I definitely learned that with, like, being, like, just watching everyone I know, like, the the downs and uppers and watching their careers is, like, you can never compare yourself because it, it, it fucks up your, your mental health way too much. Anything like, oh, shit, my boy just got the hottest girl in high school. You can't compare yourself. You're not him. You got to do you, you know? And I'd argue that, you know, social media, it's good for the things that it could do, but it's also detrimental to the mental health in terms of you see somebody's lifestyle and it's like, you know, you really don't know what what's going on behind closed doors. It's, ve- it's very positive. It, um, Instagram has and, and all of social media has very big um, pluses for businesses getting you out there, helping you. You just got to know how to maintain it, you know, like. 10 minutes a day, do your shit, post, post your reels, post the stuff you need to post for your, for your sake. If you want to post something, post it. Don't go viciously crazy by checking up on it every second. Like, did I get a like? Did I get a comment? Just post it, be happy. And that's it really, you know? That kind of rolls into my, my next question in terms of hunger, in terms of being able to sustain that hunger. Some people get success and they're like, you know what? Yeah. I might be able to ease up the gas you know, a little bit. That's what I've realized a lot with a lot of artists too. They get, they get a little success and they're like, word, I'm the shit. No, you're not. Like, I've been in so many studio sessions where there'll be an artist being mad cocky and you're just like, yeah, you're pretty, you're, you're big, but you're nowhere near where you like you could be right you know and it's like i never i don't know it's it's crazy to see how some success can change someone i think that and i and i made a promise to myself you know um once i'm on the platform that i you know i feel like that i will be on i don't want any clout or money or anything to change me because and i told people in my circle like if you need to check me check me because before that i was i was a nobody i'm still a nobody everyone's a nobody in terms of, you know, people have this facade or they have this kind of mind state where they go into, you know, I, I made it or I have a blue check and now I'm kind of like the shit. Blue check doesn't mean jack fucking shit, <laughs> man. It just means you'll be at the top of the inbox when you DM someone. <laughs> Me personally, I want to be able to have the blue check for business purposes. Mm. 
being able to connect. Well, that too. That's the only thing that helps. That's yeah. literally it. You get no perks. It's yeah. the only thing that helps. And that's I, I don't I could care less about yeah. DMing somebody or whatever or having you know all this. I really just want it for business purposes. Yeah. And I think some people got caught up in the social media of you know let me go DM this girl or let me go DM this person and try to see what I could be able to get yeah. from them. Definitely helps with girls though. <laughs> Oh man, there's a personal question I want to be able to ask yeah. you. I saw that you met Gary Vee. Personally, yeah, man. that is one of my biggest inspirations, and I'm gonna put it right here. You guys are hearing it now. I'm gonna meet this guy one day. I don't know if it's gonna be on a, the somewhere. podcast, the somewhere, somewhere, someplace. <laughs> how you met Black Coffee? I'm gonna meet yeah. Gary Vee. Yeah, and I'm just I want to be able to tell him how important he is to me on my pursuit. What was that interaction like between you? I love you? Gary Vee. So many people hate him, though. I don't know why. You know why? It's I, because he talks so much. He sounds like an idiot sometimes, but he's not. You know, like he's oh, they just one of hate the, the confidence. You know, they hate the. They, that's what. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, I don't know when I I met him because I was opening up for a common in Vegas when I was like fifteen or fourteen with my friend Brian. Shout out Brian. <laughs> um, he's a crazy violinist. Almost won America's Got Talent. He was like second or third. Um, but. Uh, I forgot. Uh, I I ran into him, and I asked him, "I fuck. What did I remember? What did I ask him? I think like how to capitalize on social media, like at a such young age, or like how to how to be big or whatever." I don't remember what the whole conversation was. It's got awful memory, but it was honestly crazy meeting him. And he, what was funny is that he kept reposting that clip of me meeting him like three times. Oh wow! And you know, and um. Charlie D'Amelio's mom reposted the video of mine on her story on Instagram, mm -hmm. and someone sent me it because I don't follow her. And it was like, "Why the fuck are you on her?" I'm like, "I don't know, bro." I, and I DM her. I'm like, "Yo, like I, I'm the kid on the video you posted. Like, if you ever need any production, like I got you." <laughs> and she's like, "Thank you, thank you." And then like that was it. But every time Gary V reposted, I try to DM him. I'm like, "Yo, look at the growth. Look at the da 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 da." Never respond, but. It, it it was really cool because you can like, you can see how he just doesn't give a fuck like and that's what I learned from him is just keep going don't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks everyone deep down is always gonna be insecure about one little thing yeah. about them insecure about some stuff um just, but just keep going and do you you know like that's all I've learned from him and it's really. It, it works. Would you ever want to have another conversation with him now? From the, of course. From the girl. From of course. The... Of course. He'd yell at me, though. Why? Because he, he'd know. He, I even know myself I'm not doing the most I can, but I just can't. I can't do it. Like, I'm talking about, like, posting-wise. You know, mm -hmm. like, if you, like, posting almost every day, like, every other day, being so out there. Like, he said, you got to be posting three times a day on TikTok. Three times a day. I can't even post once, like, every two days. Because I hate it. I don't get it. I don't even, like, whatever. Um, but he said th post three times a day on TikTok and then, like, three times on Instagram a week or four times. That's the way you'll see growth, for sure. If anyone's saying, like, no, it's not going to happen. Like, I don't have any followers. I don't have any... I don't care. Like, just if you post it three... If you post a video three times a day, you will get people no matter what has there been any circumstances where you may have second guessed your work all some people some, some people all the time really dude all the, like <laughs> like i go through like my last release i my engineer and i went through 13 different mixes 
because I like I'm so picky about some stuff, and I'll overthink. I'll be like, "Damn, this kind of sucks." <laughs> like I like the songs that are out now. I'm like not in love with them. They're great songs, but you just get so tired of listening to the same shit over and over and over again. And then by the time it's out, you're like, "Damn, okay," you know. What does a average studio session look like for you? It depends on the artist. It literally just depends on the artist. Yeah? Yeah. It could get rowdy. He can bring a lot of people or can be really chill. Like, if I'm working with, like, my friendly artists who I'm, like, friends with outside of the studio and who I chill with and I talk to all the time, then I know it's, like, a, a dope session. The energy's well. The vibe's well. We'll smoke a little bit, drink a little bit, catch a vibe, and just have couple bangers by the end of it and it's, it's that i have a final couple of questions for you where do you see yourself in five years fuck <laughs> all right you, it could be brutally honest it could be i'm, I'm gonna be brutally honest i'll go uh i would say all right djing at festivals okay. around the world djing at clubs around the world <laughs> having my own label and I'd say that's it for now. Okay. But, like, a mini label. I already have my own LOC. I'm about to sign my artists, but that's it right now. What's the best and worst advice you've ever received? Oh, the best advice? Probably the one from Black Coffee, patience. Like, it's just, everything is about being patient. That's the best advice i got. gotten. Like, because you always think you're going to blow up at you. Whatever. So that, worst advice? I don't remember. I don't know. Okay. There's been a lot of bad advices. That's fair. Definitely have to be able to run it back in the future to be able to, you know, see the growth on how, how you've come now and and everything that, you know, you've achieved and you will achieve. The last question I have for you is what would you tell your younger self? <sighs> Besides the patience, I, I'm, yeah. I'm crossing that one I out. I was about to say. Um, My younger self? What age are we talking about? Any. Any age? Any age. What would you tell? That everything's going to work out. And having the patience and yeah, it's, having it, the acceptance? It, it's just time will tell, you know? Like, okay. you just, you get so low sometimes, and you're like, oh, everyone's doing better. Like, I got to get myself out of this, but I can't. Everything's going to be fine. There's always something that will always counter the bads. Everything is temporary. Yep. Sam, I want to thank you for coming on here. I want to thank you yeah. for taking time out of your day to spend a little time with us. Got to be able to know you a lot more. Yeah. And I wish you success and thank you, man. happiness in the future and that you are able to get everything that you deserve, man. Thank you. To everybody who's listening, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing love, showing support, and appreciation towards the podcast. This is the 1% Podcast. I'm out.